welcome to Block in the Back. On this podcast, we chat about all things Dynasty Fantasy Football from leagues to rankings. Now don't turn your back, square up and get ready to have some fun and get your teams to a championship with your hosts, Tyler Fish and Ryan Paulish. Welcome back to Block in the Back. I'm alongside Ryan Polish. We're here to break down the 2021 NFL free agents, wide receivers specifically. Ryan, how you doing? Doing good. A lot has happened in the free agent world. It's been pretty exciting. It all kind of happened at once, and and I'm really looking forward to this episode. We're looking at fantasy implications. Do we like where these players landed? Do we like the the coaching schemes? What Do they hurt anybody where they went to those teams? Are they making anybody else better for fantasy purposes? There's a lot of people to talk about in this wide receiver pool here who are going to be fantasy relevant to at least some extent. So very excited to talk about it here this week. Absolutely. And let's get her started right away here. And, I, you know, we've kind of got it sorted here on our computer. Have it sorted by dollar amount in the contract, which will probably give us a general consensus of hitting our, our more talented players first. Not always the case. There were a few guys that got a little more money than I thought they would. And uh, great for them. But we're going to start off with the new signing, and that's Kenny Galladay going from Detroit to the Giants with Danny Dimes on a four-year, $72 million contract. Ryan, what are your thoughts on Kenny Galladay? He was a big name, and everybody was wondering where he was going to land. He ends up in New York with Danny Dimes. Give me your thoughts. Well, I, I don't know if I absolutely love it, but I do think he's going to be, walk in there and be the number one target from day one. I think there's no doubt in my mind that with that much money that he's getting paid, he's a very talented wide receiver, that big prototypical number one. Um, I do... I don't think he's upgrading that quarterback any. I'd like to see Danny Dimes take a step forward this year and, and prove that he can really sling the rock and do it consistently. Um, so I guess I liked his opportunity there. Now, players around him, that, that I think that hurts. As I, don't, I think it might hurt Evan Ingram almost, almost the most. I can, I can see a situation where we have Slayton and Kenny on the outsides, those big, big body wide receivers. We have Shepard across the middle. Now, where does that leave leave Evan Ingram? Or is Evan Ingram going to take over over the middle and Shepard might get phased out? I don't think that offense has the power in it, especially with the, the utilization of Saquon out of the backfield. I don't think they have the, the, the power to produce that many really good fantasy wide receivers in that offense. So somebody is going to take a hit here, and I think it's going to be Ingram or Shepard the most. Um, I can see, I can definitely see a situation where Slayton would, would definitely get hurt because there's not too many situations where you have those prototypical number one big body downfield receivers who are producing on the same team. I mean, I could be wrong, but it doesn't happen super often. And Slayton kind of struggled last year even as well. So I'm almost leaning that way now that I'm, I'm talking myself out of it a little bit, actually. I actually think that Slayton might get hurt the most. He might still be on the field just fine. But as far as progressions and where – where Danny Dimes wants to get the ball to wide receivers. I think Kenny G's the first look, and then he's going to look to over the middle and dumping it off to Saquon. So I do think Slayton on those down the field routes on the other side of the field could kind of get overlooked. And, and he's kind of a one-dimensional guy in my, in my mind anyway. So I don't, know, I don't know what you think about any of those takes. Am I off base at all on that, or, or what are we thinking? The real winner in this signing is Danny Dimes. That's the real winner in this thing because he got himself another weapon and they were lacking weapons. 
you know, in terms of how it impacts the other guys, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he spreads the ball around. I, I, yeah, it's, it's Evan Ingram. I, I feel like, I mean, where is he gonna, I mean, he already does not score. I mean, didn't he only have like one or two touchdowns one year for you? That was this last year. That's what that's what killed his fantasy right. production, really. I mean, he was top five in targets, head. top five. He was top five in a lot of – I had a tweet about it. I can't remember every category, but he was top five in a lot, which surprised me a lot. It was the touchdowns. I think he only had one or two touchdowns this year. So Right. Well, that doesn't – I mean, adding Kenny G does not help his red zone appeal. Uh, or, excuse me, Evan Ingram's red zone appeal. And there really wasn't much of one anyways. But it, any, if it could just helps Danny Dimes' confidence. And could those other couple of receivers and, and stuff still put up the numbers that they've had? Yeah, I think so. I mean, if, if Danny Dimes can actually break out and you get him another weapon, maybe get some confidence and his numbers go up, there's no reason that, that Shepard can't. I, I doubt Shepard really produced much last year anyways. I, I don't have those guys' stats up, but – I know I, I like your take on that, but the real winner is Danny Dimes. Yeah, I'm just trying to think to myself on a, on a scenario on who's going to be that the true second option in that offense. And it's, I have a hard time saying Shepard just because he's never on the dang field. But when he is, he actually he actually does produce solid numbers. He gets that he gets targeted and everything. So I'm almost thinking Slayton and Ingram are going to take the back seat. Saquon's going to get his. Kenny G's going to be the number one. And I think Shepard, if if he's staying healthy and on the field, can produce those low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three numbers for you. Um, that's kind of see how I see the pecking order anyway at this point. And it, it kills me to, see, to say that as an Evan Ingram owner, and I was actually hopeful for this season seeing that he was top five in all those categories last year on a pretty bad year. Then they went and signed Kenny G, which it takes a big hit, I believe, from Evan Ingram, especially when you're hoping for more touchdowns. I don't know if that happens. Now, he might have more than two, but, I, I, I mean, he's not like he's going to be an outrageous 10-touchdown guy this year, not with Kenny G there anyway. No, I mean, spot on there, right? And I, if you were starting one of those other Giants receivers and Shepard or Slayton, you're probably not in a good – a good situation with your squad, right? I mean, those guys are not really, they weren't, they were hardly startable this past year. And no, I'm I know I, I, good about it. No, I mean, I, well, you got, I mean, if Ingram in a tight end world, but in the wide receiver world, I mean, I drafted Slayton. I remember in redraft hoping for that, that nice, you know, second year jump too, like it, cause he came off just a really nice year and it wasn't there. And, I mean, God, he, he wasn't even startable. And Shepard, if you're starting him, you're in a whole lot of trouble. So it's like the only receiver I'm starting probably day in and day or week in and week out is Galladay. So not to, uh, to, to drive that one, you know, too much. But, I mean, yeah, I think we summed it up pretty well here. We're going to move on to our next guy, and that's Corey Davis. Finally getting that breakout year. All right, we're going to call it a breakout year because he had a respectable year and signed with the New York Jets, a three-year, $37 million deal. And, you know, th- he was one of the most interesting guys for me. It's like, where is Corey going to end up? Where is he going to end up? And he goes to the Jets um, with Sam Darnold. Uh, is Sam Darnold going to be the quarterback next year? Um, what are our thoughts there in, in New York with Corey Davis? I actually like it. And, uh, and I think part of me liking anything to do with the Jets is that Adam Gase is gone. 
And I think they're starting that fresh page. I do think Sam Darnold is the quarterback for 2021 season. I, I, I'm, I'm holding firm with that. New coaching staff, I think they're going to give him a shot. He's still super young. I'm pretty sure Sam Darnold is younger than Joe Burrow. So, I mean, he's still a very young quarterback who he did, he, I think his development was hampered with Gase there. I mean, that whole program was just an um, absolute mess. So I think they're going to roll with Darnold. At, at times you can see the upside there. I'm hoping that he can get coached up, make that stride forward. Um, it, I think it's going to be, what, is Crowder still there? So it's going to be Mims, Crowder, and Davis probably. Yeah, there's a lot of talk, though, that um, Crowder could be one off the books because he's got uh, some dead money there. So he could be a, a cap casualty there and sign with somebody else. Okay. I mean, so, so either way, I think that bodes well for Davis. And I think the, the opportunity is going to be there for him to be that number one guy like that. We thought he was going to be when everybody drafted him between one, one and one, three. And he showed that he has that potential last year. He had a nice year. I mean, it's not anything stellar that you were hoping for out of that top three pick as a rookie, but you had AJ Brown there who kind of stole the show as well. And you kind of just saw Corey Davis come into his own. He's a good receiver. He's a solid guy. Now he's going to get that opportunity after a little development the last couple of years to step into a wide receiver one role, which I do think he takes that wide receiver one role. I don't, I don't think Mims is just going to overtake Corey Davis right away or, or step into that alpha role. I think, I think he'll be a nice player in Denzel Mims will this year. And I don't think Corey Davis takes anything away from Mims. I don't think it takes away from his development. I don't think it takes away from any opportunity that he was going to get this year. I think that's a good pairing that they have there, and I think they're, they're moving in the right direction. So I actually like the, him going to the Jets, and I think he could put together a nice year this year. So is he wide receiver two material? He, you know, he just finished as wide receiver 30 in PPR. Does he jump into that wide receiver two range for you? I think he does, actually. I'm not saying he's going to be a high-end wide receiver, too, by any means, just because I'm, I'm not that sold on the Jets as a team by any means. I think they're moving in the right direction. But I can see, like, that wide receiver 24 to 21 numbers out of him, which is probably puts you around 1,000 yards and a handful of touchdowns as wide receiver 22. So I think, I think that's definitely attainable, being the number one option there with some decent coaching. It's attainable, but I, I'm not – I mean, I'm not jumping for joy at this landing spot, to be honest with you. I, I mean, I, I don't really see much of a difference, you know. I really don't. I, I think he's still going to finish around that. His highest finishing season was in 2018. He finished as wide receiver number 27. Uh, that was 891 yards and four touchdowns. That seems very generous for wide receiver 27. But, I mean, I, I still think he's in that range. I think he's high 20s. I really do. And, um you know, he finishes 30 this year. I'm not jumping for joy at this. Um, you know, if I were to pick Davis or Mims at this point, I don't, Mims showed some some nice flashes. And, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't love Corey Davis so at this point. So I'd probably be rolling the dice on Mims, you know. So that's just kind of how I'm feeling there with that one. Do you think um, Mims Not really overjoyed. Then Davis? Uh, maybe not this year. No. No, I wouldn't say that. But. Um, if we're thinking long-term dynasty thing, I, I would rather Mims for sure. I'm not, I'm not giving up on Mims. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, that's totally fair. Yeah. 
Uh, let's lead into our next guy there, and that's Curtis Samuel, a guy we were talking off uh, air a little bit, uh, who signed with Washington. And I know he was linked to a lot of teams because he's kind of an interesting guy. Um, and the three-year, $34 million deal with the Washington football team, and they also have Ryan Fitzmagic, who I really like. Uh, and what do we think of, of Curtis Samuel going to Washington here? I actually, I actually like it. I think that's great that they brought in Fitzmagic. I do – I'd be curious to see if they go after a quarterback, though. Is it similar to the Miami situation where you kind of let them sit for a little bit behind Fitzmagic, let them sling the rock a little bit, learn from the old wise one who went to Harvard, and, and see, see where, where it takes them. Now, what hurt them is them winning the, the – I think they won the division last year and made the playoffs – so what hurt them is doing that. So they have a pretty low pick. What quarterback are they going to get there is the question. Now, that, 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 that's kind of where I'm stumped. Are they going to get somebody like, does Mac Jones fall there? Does, are they going to jump up and try to get somebody like Kyle Trask? Like That doesn't interest me as much for the future of Washington. But for this year, with uh, Fitzpatrick slinging the rock, I, I like it. I think Scary Terry's kind of that mid – to down the field guy, and this lets Curtis Samuel run those those underneath routes, those quick routes, those those, those quick slants where you need some good route running and use his speed with the ball in his hands. He's a dynamic playmaker, and I think that just gives good balance too. I think it actually helps Terry McLaurin to get somebody in there who actually is a threat to take away maybe some of the coverage uh, from Terry because he kind of had to do it all uh, last year, and he still put up a pretty good year. So I think this is overall a good signing for everybody involved for Fitzpatrick. And with Fitzpatrick going there, that's good for now Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel going there is good for Scary Terry. I kind of like it overall. I think they're definitely heading in the right direction. Now with Antonio Gibson, I think he even takes a step forward this year. With that defense, Washington could be a pretty, pretty good team again. I think they are moving in the right direction. But I overall like the signing. Curtis Samuel is definitely going to be a guy where – I'd say probably a flex spot play for you, um, at least. At, I mean, at least a bye week, a bye week guy. Yeah, but I think he's has the potential to crack that starting lineup for fantasy teams week in, week out for at least flex spot numbers. Where you're drafting him, or where you're getting him? I mean, he's got upside, and that's what you like about him. I mean, if he's probably he's probably wide receiver three category, right? But he's got some upside to to be better. Like I really like that fit and they're, they're pairing with uh, the other Ohio state guy there and McLaurin F1, like you said. So, and then Fitzmagic slings it, man there. I mean, Washington, I don't, I mean, they could be decent, right? I mean, I, I really like Fitzmagic. I do. And he slings it. He's good for fantasy receivers. He really is because he just, he'll throw the ball downfield and he's not afraid. And he sees coverage well and he's played so long. So give me Samuel, um, for for where I'm getting him at in either a redraft league or if he's on your dynasty team right now, he's 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 going to be a nice piece. For sure. I mean, like you said, at this point in Fitzpatrick's career, I love his just fearless ability to just sling the rock down the field. Doesn't care if he has four interceptions in a game and three touchdowns as long as he gets the win. Nobody cares. Um I, I, I love it. Def, definitely for fantasy. It adds excitement. It adds the volume. It adds that potential for those big games as well. So I do, I do like that signing with Curtis Samuel, though, for sure. Moving on to our next cat, someone who got a little 
a little too much cabbage for my liking and it was it's kind of head scratching and and that's Nelson Aguilar. And I believe you were a Nelson Aguilar um, owner at one point, drafted him in the rookie draft, if I'm not mistaken there, right? right? You were a fan back in the day? Yeah, coming, coming out, I sure was. I think I drafted yeah. him at like pick nine or something in the first round. I liked him. Yeah. So anyways, he ends up in New England, right? I mean, he kind of played a, a decent role for Las Vegas last year and was able to kind of stretch the – Feels a little bit too, even, and, and he was a nice player. Had put up some decent numbers, and he gets a uh, a, a two year, twenty two million dollar deal. Um, and I thought New England overpaid a little bit, but it, with both guys that they got, even, but Nelson Aguilar. Let, let's hammer both these guys out at the same time, right? So we got Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne signed from uh, San Fran in, in New England, three year, fifteen million dollar deal. Uh, it's two guys that you know. I really wasn't sure, but Bill seems to know what he's doing. You know, I thought somebody else might end up there, right? But so we got Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar. How do we feel about them in New England? Uh, it sounds like Cam Newton will be the QB moving forward. Uh, obviously, they could draft somebody, but I mean, fantasy value of those guys coming in. I honestly don't think they upgraded slightly, but it was nothing major that's going to be a game breaker for them. I think. I kind of see the same Patriots as last year, honestly. Maybe a little bit better play out of Cam just because it was his first year. I know Cam and people were blaming COVID for his bad play with a bad offseason to go along with it. I I think Cam is just kind of washed up. Cam is going to be Cam. He's just going to be average. It's not. It's going to be a very low-volume offense with him with his ability to rush the ball. And they're not – it's not like they're su- superb wide receivers by any means, Right. So I'm seeing kind of a similar thing as we saw last year. You're going to get some spotty games out of these wide receivers, like Jacoby Myers had some good games last year down the stretch. Um, but nothing consistent that's going to be in your starting lineup. Um, I actually I want nothing to do with it. I don't think that the Patriots took a step forward much with these signings. Everybody was saying how Bill Belichick is dropping all this money in free agency, and he's really out there making moves. Was he really, though? He, he, he got – Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne and they, they're calling them weapons now I'm not I'm not totally off of Aguilar I thought he had a nice a nice end of the year last year he turned it on in week 11 last year where he started scoring 19 points 10 points 7 19 again 8 25 to end the season and I mean that's pretty good numbers but he started out the year absolutely atrocious wasn't getting used hardly at all had a couple spotty games I think you're going to see very similar to that this year this year he finished at wide receiver 34 I don't think he hits that even and Kendrick Bourne is even going to be further down the totem pole for me I, I just I don't like the offense I don't like Cam Newton I don't think they're great wide receivers so that's where I'm at with that I'm not high on them I'm not going out and get them I'm not excited about it if I have them it's going to be a tough sell for people to go try to get rid of them I think and that, it, you got to find the right person who thinks that they're just going to make a complete 360 turnaround in that offense I'm not high on either, and I'll just, I'm just going to talk about Aguilar, but he was complete boomer bust. Like, I mean, he had – the only reason he was wide receiver 34 in PPR is because he scored eight touchdowns. And a lot of it was like he had some – I don't have his game log up, but he had some one-catch 61-yard touchdown games. And he was just – he happened to, you know, stretch the field at times for them, and he only had like 40-something catches. It's not like he's this monstrous PPR guy. So he, he was absolutely stretching the field for them. 
Um, and I, that, I mean, that doesn't bode well for fantasy, right? Unless you're an air yards guy looking at a, a flyer and a, a DFS type stuff. So no dynasty doesn't tip the needle for me, either of those guys. Uh, like you said, it's just too low volume for me. I'm not a big Cam Newton guy. You can blame COVID and the bad offseason all you want. I don't think there's much change in there. It's not like he's going to come out this year just because he had a full offseason. He doesn't have COVID in the system anymore. It doesn't, it's not like he's just going to go out and sling the rock for 30 touchdowns. Like, that's not happening. So I just think the upside is a little bit off there for me. Where I'm just, I got, they signed a couple tight ends that we'll probably hit in another episode too they're probably going to be the number one targets in those offenses in that offense. So not excited about those guys. All right. Uh, let's, I'm going to kind of jump my list here because there's a couple of guys that got more money that I don't really feel like talking about. Let's jump to Juju Smith Schuster. He returned to Pittsburgh and a one year, $8 million deal. He took a team friendly deal to stay in pit. And it, there was kind of talks that that was going to happen. Um, I'm not thrilled with it being Chase Claypool owner and seeing his, you know, kind of, I'm going to call it a rookie breakout because it honestly, he, he looked like a monster at times, but Juju Smith returns. He knows that um, I believe did Roethlisberger announce his return as well. Correct. So yeah. So he's coming back for another year. I mean, Juju, it's a one year deal, right? I mean, he's hoping for a hard playoff, hard Super Bowl push here um, being it's late in Ben's career. So Juju, you know, I, I don't think he, he's not going to dominate targets. He's not going to be the target hog here. Um, is he rosterable? Yes. And last year, you'd have to help me out here, Rye, you know, in terms of him finishing, you know, he started off with, you know, some touchdowns early, but he finishes wide receiver number 17 PPR and his 97 catches, 831, and nine touchdowns. I mean, that's not bad. He had more catches than I thought he was going to. I actually think he gets less. I think the development of uh, Deontay Johnson, uh, Chase Claypool, I actually think his target share is less than it was in 2020. Um, you missed your, your cell window here for Juju. I, I, I was interested to see him actually go elsewhere. Uh, I kind of just wanted a fresh start with him, um, but we did not get that. So thoughts on uh, Juju? Thoughts on Juju? I wasn't even huge on him this last year, and thank God that I wasn't because he did not really prove to be that that great of an asset. I mean, yeah, he's a people are going to cram down your throat that he's only 24 years old, um, but I don't think the Steelers used him very well either. They didn't use him like they used him in that huge season that he had in in 2018, where he was going down the field, he was running good routes, those intermediate routes, those deep routes. They didn't use him like that at all. He was underneath all the time. I've never seen somebody run so many drag routes during a season. It was unbelievable. And, yeah, nine touchdowns. I don't know if that's going to be the case with Claypool. Like, like you said, I'm not going to beat a dead horse here. But, yeah, with the emergence of Claypool, Deontay Johnson keeps getting better and better. Yeah, he had the drop issues last year. But just the target share alone with, with Deontay, I think he just gets better this year as well. I don't really know why he wanted to go back to Pittsburgh. I know they have a good team and everything, but I don't really see Ben being better this year. I mean, yeah, he's a good quarterback, but you got to hope that – I don't know what he was thinking. He had he had offers for more money with – like, wants to win. Yeah, but he had offers from, like, the Chiefs in Baltimore. Like, the, those teams win, too. They were offering him more money, so he better hope that he just goes off this year to get a big contract is kind of what – I don't know why you'd hope that with the routes that they have him running. He's got to work something out with the coach 
or something, but I'm not, I'm just not sold on Juju. Like you said, he's wide receiver 17, but he scored nine touchdowns. He, his, his yards per target was 6.49 yards per catch, 8.57. Like that is just something that there, if, for those of you who are into air yards, Juju had to rank damn near last in, in that category. It is unbelievable. And I'm just, I'm not really interested in that. I, and I don't know if Juju is capable of getting that massive contract and being a number one wide receiver somewhere. I really don't. I, I think he has to have a counterpart there who's, who's got that number one coverage on him, like, like when Antonio Brown was there, in order to win. I, I, just, don't, I just don't see it out of Juju, personally. And I, this year, I just think you see a similar thing with maybe even less targets and less touchdowns. So you're looking at back-end wide receiver two for me out of juju and then he'd lose another year then he tries to go sign somewhere else off of another mediocre year and I think he just kind of fades out at that point that's that's where I see juju going I'm not really interested in him whatsoever yeah I'm not either I'm not I'm not huge on juju I kind of already explained my target share thing and you know he, he just really loves Pittsburgh he must because I mean like you said it was not the best situation for him personally uh like fantasy wise but okay i shouldn't say him personally right fantasy wise it wasn't the best for him um personally he must love pittsburgh that's all i can think of so uh let's talk about will fuller uh signing with the dolphins on a one-year deal you know will was you know having that you know great game and then he gets you know hammered down with that pd suspension um and he's still unavailable uh for a bit and week two i think he's finally eligible but Thoughts on Will Fuller? You know, I he really he expanded his game because he had to, right? He was he was the number one there in Houston. Uh, I, I do think Devontae Parker is better. I think Devontae Parker is the true one. Will Fuller did kind of show his route tree. I don't love him going to the uh, Miami Dolphins simply because I, I think to his ability to stretch the field a little bit and, and and find open guys and hit open. I don't know. I just was not. I was not. Loving Tua last year, man, and I, I was really, really wishing that he was actually going to get dealt. Kind of when they were talking about him getting dealt, because I'm a Parker owner, and then Parker just needs to be in like that high volume offense, and he would thrive big time. I, I think the talent's there, but uh, I mean, it's not a good choice for him, fantasy wise, right? I mean, there was a lot of other destinations I was kind of hoping he'd go. Not that. I was he was tipping the needle for me anyways but this one just really isn't really not doing it for me best case scenario for Will Fuller in my mind is that they let him use those that route tree that he showed last year when he was playing and Parker's that down the field threat that the intermediate to long range route guy the big bodied wide receiver but I don't know if that's the case just because of Will Fuller's speed he was the, he was a down the field guy every year except for last year now I'm just that's the like I said best case scenario is they let him run those short to intermediate routes and then maybe maybe that's something but I just think the upside is limited there with Tua Tua's kind of got a noodle arm from the film that I that I saw in in college I wasn't thrilled and then he just kind of proved my point last year just the arm strength it just doesn't it's not there for me and I know he was a rookie I don't like to judge the quarterbacks off their rookie year but I was looking for a little bit more out of him. And I know he had a tough off season. He was hurt for a lot of it. 
blah, blah, blah. They still put him in there as a starting quarterback for a reason. They thought that he was going to be real good. And I don't think he showed what the Miami Dolphins wanted him to show personally. So I, I was hoping, like you said, Will Fuller would go somewhere else. And I, I actually liked his upside. He, he, I think he's a good wide receiver. I just think the Dolphins is a tough spot. I think it does hurt. I think Preston Williams, we might all be waiting for that breakout. I don't think that's going to happen. I think we've been waiting for that for a little bit too long now. And now Will Fuller there, that's just going to command more targets. And I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it hurts Parker any. I just think that offense as a whole, I'm not loving wide receivers in that offense, to be honest with you. All right, let's move on to our next guy here, Ryan. I'd like you to pick him this time because I don't want to completely dominate this uh, this choices because we've got a lot of guys on our list. We're not going to hit them all. Uh, we're kind of sticking with the guys that are more fantasy relevant than others. Any guy in there that you'd like to discuss? Sure, yeah. I kind of want to go with a guy who he's that crafty veteran who likes to score a lot of touchdowns. He's got that knack for the end zone. He's going to a team who <sighs> – I mean, it, you could say it needs some wider. Can I guess right based on that? Yeah. I'd can I can I guess away. the guy based on that? Yeah, I probably gave it away. But go ahead. The crafty veteran. I'm hoping. I'm not looking at my list right now. Ooh, there could be a couple guys. Are you talking John Brown? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, he's like 31. You're not talking AJ Green. No, I'm talking Marvin Jones, man. Oh, dang it. Scores a lot of touchdowns. Lots of touchdowns. Oh, man. I was hoping John Brown. But, okay, go ahead. We, we can talk about him in a bit. But right, he's John next. Brown, or God dang it, Tyler, Marvin Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Marvin Jones come, goes from Detroit and goes over to Jacksonville. Now, we're obviously assuming that Trevor Lawrence is going to be the quarterback there. Um, which is an upgrade right out of the gate, I think. I think. I mean, he's much better than anybody else they had there, right? By far. With Marvin Jones going there, I, I mean, I bring him up, but I don't know if I just love his fantasy output. I think it's going to be very similar to maybe just a, like a, a, where he was with Detroit, only light. I just think he might be that red zone threat. He's going to – he'll see the field. He'll be a, he'll be a starter, but – uh, his upside, God, did he end the season well last year, though, with a, a couple of just big games, a couple multi-touchdown games there. Almost had a 1,000 yards last year, believe it or not. But we're going to have a rookie quarterback throwing the ball. We still have DJ Shark there. We still have uh, LaVisca Chenault there. Now, I think this hurts Chenault a little bit, and you can – say what you want about that just because Marvin Jones is 31 they still brought him in for a reason and I think that takes away Chenault's upside and just target share in general what we were hoping for that big jump out of Chenault I think the jump becomes a little bit less we'll just put it that way and I'm, I wasn't a huge Chenault guy coming out he exceeded expectations for me his rookie year which was great and we're all hoping like he can build off that we're gonna have Lawrence there now and I think Marvin Jones is still a quality wide receiver that is going to take targets away from that jump that we're expecting. So am I huge on Marvin Jones? No. But I do think this hurts Chenault a, a little bit. I don't think it hurts Shark, Shark very much because I think he's going to be the number one target there. But I just think it hurts Chenault in, in the aspect where that jump is going to be a little bit limited now. Um, long term, maybe not. But this year, I think we're just he's going to take a little bit less of a jump. Um, that's my take there. I, I'm not, I'm not huge on Marvin Jones putting up wide receiver 18 numbers again, 
That's for sure. I think he's going to be wide receiver three at best, at very best, which I'm not, I'm not interested in that at all. I'm more interested of the Marvin Jones signing due to the fact that Chenault isn't going to take that jump that we all hoped he would. Yeah. I actually think it's a good time to go out and buy him. Um, it, I, I mean, I still like Chenault. Marvin Jones. Yeah. I mean, quietly produces, right. Probably one of the quietest producing receivers you'll, you'll hear. And, and the fact that he had finished as wide receiver number 18 last year was a shock to me that you just told me that because he does it so quietly. Well, part of the reason was because he had Matthew Stafford and he likes to sling it. And he's been so comfortable with Detroit the past number of years. But uh, no, that, <clears throat> yeah, maybe does it hurt Chenault's breakout year? Maybe. Um, but I, I do still like Chenault, but yeah, I mean, they're just getting weapons, man. They're just loading up weapons, getting ready for Lawrence. And, uh, you know, they're putting together a decent little team around him. Uh, I mean, he's got to have somebody to throw to. And you, you look at those guys, Chenault, Shark, and Jones, and that's not its not a bad group. So um, they are surrounding them. But, yeah, it's, it's hard to tell who's going to emerge out of that, right? Especially with a rookie quarterback, who's going to who's gonna leapfrog somebody and be the, the true number one? Because Shark didn't even have a very good year last year. No, nobody in Jacksonville did, hence why they have the number one one pick this year. I'm expecting an automatic jump out of almost everybody just due to the fact Lawrence is going to be there. Yeah, he's going to be a rookie, so I'm not expecting like these massive things or this massive jump or anything like that. But I do think it isn't. it's going to be better. And I think, I think James Robinson still takes a step forward. I think he's going to be the guy there, and they are putting together a nice little team. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Marvin Jones I just think is a – I mean, if you go out and buy him as like a contender, I think that's a good move. I think you can get him really cheap. He's always very undervalued. He's not going to be your starting by any means. He's not even a flex play, I don't think. He's going to be the depth guy where if you have a guy go down or bye week fill-ins, that's not a bad guy to have because he, on any given week, he can go out there and put up 115 yards and two touchdowns on any given week. You just never know with him. He's got that knack for finding the end zone. So as a contender that I think that's a good go out and get guy for a third, fourth round pick that people are just like, whatever, let's just get him off my team. He's on a crowded wide receiver core, blah, blah, blah. It's, I think it's a good buy actually. And for Chanel too, you bring up a good point. Chanel might have that downtick now, or it might be crowded now, but as far as dynasty is concerned, Marvin Jones is 31. I think he's got this season left. And if he doesn't have a great year, he's just going to get faded out, I think. So, but this year, this year alone, they're going to set up Lawrence as much as he can with some weapons, and I think he's got that the depth play upside for him on your dynasty teams. Yeah, thank you for bringing him up. Uh, crafty veteran, you know, I'm going through my list. I'm like, oh, that's how John Brown feels to me. 31-year-old John Brown signs with, signs with Las Vegas, uh, kind of replaces that deep threat. Well, no, because they got, as I say that, you know, as Nelson Aguilar was kind of that deep threat guy. Isn't that Henry Ruggs? Get I don't know. Get out of here with Henry Ruggs. He's not even that good. One Does trip. that hurt Henry Ruggs' ability to break out a little bit? You just signed a – or is it John Brown going to teach Henry Ruggs how to be that a deep threat guy? Because John Brown, he's been that his whole career, right? So, I don't know. What is – I think more importantly, what does this John Brown signing do to Henry Ruggs? Or what they think about Henry Ruggs. 
I honestly didn't really think Henry Ruggs was that great to begin with. And he had a bad rookie year. He had, he was just, he, I think he's just a one trick pony, man. He kind of reminds me of like a John Ross, only he was on the field a little bit more. Like, I, I think John Brown is going to be the guy who steps in and he's the starting role. And he, at this point, he could be the leading target getter on that team. I, I think this does, I guess, hinder Henry Ruggs, but I, I didn't really have high expectations for him in, in the beginning. So it doesn't really do a whole lot for me, but I do think John Brown is going to be, at this point, before the draft, before any other signings, I think he's going to be the, the number one target getter on that offense. You saw when John Brown came back last year, um, he was hurt a lot, a lot of the year. And he came back from injury and he put up some real good numbers and commanded targets out of, out of Josh Allen. And it was, it was good to see. He comes back in week nine after a little hiatus there and gets 11 targets, eight catches for 99 yards. Boom. He had next week, eight targets, six catches for 72 yards. I think that's going to be his role in Las Vegas, to be honest with you. And I, I actually like it. I like that spot. If you have him on your team, that's a, that's a big win for me. I mean, you're, th you're thinking, oh, boy, where's the veteran going to go to a crowded wide receiver core? No. He goes to the exact opposite where there's not many wide receivers. There. Yeah, you got Brian Edwards coming up. You got Henry Ruggs coming up. But neither one of them showed great stuff their, their rookie year. Yeah, they could take a step forward, but Henry Ruggs and John Brown do very similar things. And I think John Brown is better at this point in his career. Uh, you have Brian Edwards as that prototypical number one guy who could play the outside for you. Sure. But I still think John Brown gets the majority of the targets there at this point, unless they draft, they go out and draft one of those high profile wide receivers in the draft. Well, even if they took one of those high profile guys, that, which I don't think they do. I mean, the rookies, you know, we talk about rookies playing big roles on teams anyways, but we, we look at John Brown. He signed for 3.75 mil with a chance to earn up to five and a half. Like that money doesn't tell me they plan on using him as their wide receiver one. But I don't know, you know, this would be a good bet to make. You got Waller there who will probably all score every one of those guys in terms of fantasy points. But which receiver in Las Vegas finishes as the highest fantasy points scorer? John Brown, and you're very confident it's John Brown. John Brown, Henry Ruggs, and if you want to toss in Brian Edwards hatting into the ring, I'm not so sure it is John Brown. I don't know how this is going to play out for him. I, I do actually like the fit. I like the player. But we're talking about a guy that played in not very many games last year, right? He was hurt, and he only played in nine games. And uh, in those nine games, had 33 catches. So – you know, he is now 30 going on 31. That's where we talk about that drop-off, right? So do I love John Brown? I don't love him. Do I like him? Yes. So, and, so who's, who's going to be the number one wide receiver out of that group then? Well, I kind of already said it. I mean, Darren Waller for me. Well, that's not – okay. So minus any other position group, who is the leading wide receiver yeah. on that crew? I, you know what? Jeez, oh, Louise. I'm going to say it's Henry Ruggs. I am. And I'm not saying that Henry Ruggs is going to have this fantastic season. John Brown had 450 receiving yards and three touchdowns last year. And I know he only played nine games, but you got to realize that we're heading in a downward 
spiral here for John Brown in his career. Just look at his last five years. I'm just going to read off his yardage, okay? 450 yards, 2019, he had 1,060. In 2018, he had 715. 2017, 299. 2016, 517. And then you go back to 2015 when he had a really nice year. So he had 1,000 yards in 2015. Other than that, ooh, he has been just all over the place. And I, you know, I don't remember the situations back in 2014 to 2018, but I can tell you that his best football is behind him. That's all I can say. So I don't know. I'm going to trust a little bit on the Raiders development of Henry Ruggs and their, you know, willingness to draft him in the first round that Henry Ruggs could be. And, and I'm saying maybe he has Henry Ruggs has 800 and something yards. And I, you know, I'm saying that's wide receiver one for them. That's their best wide receiver fantasy scoring. So I'm not saying anybody's going to light the world on fire there because I think Waller is still just an absolute monster target hog there. Uh, so give me Henry Ruggs, and we can make this bet. So, yeah, I'll go Henry Ruggs as the top scoring wide out on uh, the Raiders. You're going to go John Brown. Yeah, I think we need to make the bet right on, right on the air, too, to be honest with you. I think we bet at least at least one case of bush light because that gets me through a Saturday afternoon. So you know what? I think we can do that, right? One case of Bush Latte, and uh, make sure you you let Bush Latte know that too. I I, I will. I think yeah, I I will take that bet. So yes, yeah, so well, let's move on to the next wide receiver, though. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So moving on to the next guy, I think we have to talk about. An, yeah, who do we have another... to talk about before we end this thing here? Let's, let's identify those guys. Yep. So we got to talk about AJ Green. I think so. AJ Green just went talk about a downhill spiral. I mean, the guy was injured and struggling and had a couple bad years back to back. So last year he had 104 targets. He only had 47 receptions though. So he went over a hundred mm-hmm. targets, he had two touchdowns played in all 16 games but I think the emergence of T Higgins, Tyler Boyd is a very steady guy there. So I think, I mean, AJ Green's going to be 33 this upcoming season. And then in 2019, he didn't play at all. He had that ankle injury. Just, I think they just sat him out toward the end of the year there. The year before that only played nine games. Are we putting any oomph behind AJ Green or does he just kind of take Larry Fitzgerald's spot there as the old guy who everybody feels bad for and he gets a couple targets over the middle for four yards? What are we thinking with A.J. Green? Is he completely done? Do we like him as a buy for a depth spot? Do we think he's going to be a starting guy, like in a flex spot for you? I just feel like with Hopkins, there is obviously the number one wide receiver. Then we have, what, Christian Kirk? Do we think A.J. Green dips into Christian Kirk's numbers? Do we think that he can be a solid wide receiver for you on your fantasy team? I'm not putting much stock into A.J. Green personally. I, I I mean, I, I could be wrong with that. He could have a nice veteran year. But with the, the, the lack there of getting on the field and just his age, his inability to produce last year, just I'm just not really interested in even going out and buying A.J. Green at this point. No, he's not worth buying. He's, you know, it's not – and Fitz hasn't even announced his retirement, right? Are they like trying to push Fitz out the door? Like you sign AJ Green, it's like, what does this do for you? 
it kind of feels like they're just shoving Fitz out the door. I don't know. I, I just, I want Christian Kirk to get that chance. I really do. And I, green doesn't take away that chance in my mind. Cause they didn't know, you know, Kirk might play more out of the slot, but I, man, I, I just don't know what AJ Green's going to give you other than in the receiver room, you know, and, and in your locker room at this point, even though, but he wasn't a good locker room guy at the end of Cincinnati there. He's pouting on the bench and you see his body language, you know, on air. So no, he's not fantasy relevant. There's, it's not even worth buying him. Um, it, some other people might think otherwise, but no, I'm not acquiring AJ Green. Has not produced in a couple of years now due to the injuries. I know injuries are he had a hundred targets last year, and he only caught forty-seven of them. That's yeah, that's that's it's tough. I'm not a huge AJ Green guy. Um, like like all the points we just said, in, he's just nonstop injured, just not producing. He's getting old. It just doesn't seem like he's got any upside for you really i mean yeah if you can go get him for a fourth round pick i'll tell you to get anybody for a fourth round pick hell anybody who's on an nfl roster is probably worth a fourth round pick because half your fourth round picks don't make an nfl roster anyway (laughs) so sure if you want to put it that way but i feel like that's pretty obvious but aj green i'm not going to go out and inquire him as a contender i just he's just off the radar you you missed your your window years ago for to sell him when he approached the the 30 year mark especially with how injury prone he was which is probably a tough sell at that point so that's a tough one to judge so Tyler you got a couple other guys here yeah I mean I'm really running thin here Rye there's one sleeper I kind of want to just touch on and that's Josh Reynolds uh, I, I was I, I really liked his landing spot for one and I, I do think Tennessee may grab a receiver in the draft and that's going to hurt this at this point but you look at Josh Reynolds signing with Tennessee and I mean, what's not to like about that? Josh Reynolds actually put up a, a halfway decent year, but he's a guy that had his best year yet. You know, had uh, 618 yards with the Rams and he's playing behind Bob Woods. Uh, why am I drawing a blank here? Cooper uh, Cup. Uh, yeah. I was going to say your boy Cooper cup. And uh, so it's like, you know, he was playing second fiddle to those guys. And yeah, I, I, I'd kind of like to see him with a little more of a role because we're talking about a guy that's, you know, 6'3", a little bit lengthier guy, 196. So he's a little bit thinner guy, lengthier guy, can move well. So it's like, could could this be a nice opportunity for him? Yeah, maybe. But I still think Tennessee may snag somebody in the draft at wideout. Plus, it's not a high-volume offense. But I was at least encouraged to see that they went out and signed him. And I I thought it was a good fit for him. I actually really liked it. I'm I'm on board with you. I agree a hundred percent. Like it's not a guaranteed anything with the low volume offense. It's, but he is that, that tall lengthy guy. He's got good hands. He can go up and make plays and, and they, they leaned on him every time somebody went down for the Rams, they leaned on him and he actually got a solid amount of targets and, and produced with those targets with the Rams. And signing in Tennessee, Corey, Corey Davis left. Adam Humphreys, I believe, is on the way out. I don't think he's signed anywhere yet, honestly. Um, but he's on a contract here. Maybe they bring him back. Maybe they don't. But now you're left with A.J. Brown, um, Josh Reynolds, and they got rid of John o. Smith, too. So, I mean, there, there could be opportunity there. 
to, to be honest with you. And he's a good wide receiver. I just think he was buried all those years. I think he's got some talent. And like you said, it's encouraging to see. If you have Reynolds, you're definitely a happy camper. Um, I mistakenly dropped Reynolds in our, in our home league. And I actually went to look because I couldn't remember. I'm starting to get in a couple, couple too many dynasty leagues where I'm like, God, I think I have him. And I went back to our home league and I'm like, son of a gun, I dropped him like last year. I'm like, why did I do that? Now it's biting me in the butt because he signed somewhere where, I mean, he's got a little bit of upside. If they, if they don't address that position or at least don't address it early, he's got that upside for you to at least be a decent wide receiver for you for depth play or at very best, I'd say like a flex spot. But definitely encouraging out of Reynolds for sure. You are not going to believe the guy that picked him up in the home league either. Yeah, You're I got a feeling right, right, at him right now. I got, I got a feeling right now I don't even like him whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, I did snag him when you dropped him. And, uh, yeah, like you said, depth play at the most. But, yeah, I, I, I do like his depth addition to my squad. So he's, he's going to stick around. Anybody else sleeper-wise that you like or anybody else you want to touch on, that's pretty much it for me. Um, and that was the guy that I kind of wanted to end on. But tell me if there's anybody that's kind of worth talking about at this point. One more guy who puts up sneaky numbers that I want to touch on. He's actually not signed anywhere yet. I just want to get your take on him. If, if we think he might go back to the same team or if we think he's shipped out of there is, I kind of hope he is shipped out of there, but I, I just don't really know if it's a big upside guy or not, but it's Tim Patrick who when given the opportunity actually put up some numbers, he's got, a good frame. He's got pretty solid hands, makes plays, and he hasn't signed yet. Do we? Is there any destinations where he might go that would be promising whatsoever? I mean, it's not like he put up any great numbers. He had 742 yards and six touchdowns last year off of 51 catches. Um, obviously, Cortland Sutton was down. Quarterback play was abysmal. So I'm not, it's not like I'm he hasn't really put up any numbers yet, but I feel like when given an opportunity, he has that upside being six foot four, 212 pounds, but the, his age could be an issue. He's getting that late start. He might be, just be a flyer guy, another depth play guy, maybe at best. I just don't really see a path, I guess, to like fantasy success for you by any means, but potentially a depth play just to keep an eye out on if he does get signed to a team who, where it produces an opportunity for him, at least. I don't know what your take on Tim Patrick is. Like I said, there's not much to go on. He hasn't really produced a whole lot in the NFL yet. No, and the only reason he got that opportunity was Sutton going down. Sutton's going to be back. Um, you know, I think – so he got second-year tendered by the Broncos. Um, I think he actually ends back up in Denver as a depth piece. Um, so basically if he were to sign with anybody else, Denver would get a second round, um, pick in return for that signing, which is, you know, them putting that on there, uh, you know, it's like they want to keep him around. Um, that almost, no, I don't know. Go that, ahead. That, that almost seems unrealistic. Like they do want to keep him around for a depth piece. Like there's, there's no team out there that's going to give up a second round pick for Tim Patrick. Right. No way. You know, and I'm not, honestly, I, you know, I, I'm not even, 100% sure how that comp uh, compensatory pick works. You know, if, if that pick comes from that other team, if that's the case, then absolutely he is not getting that, um, that deal with another team because no team would give up a second for him if that's how it works. Um, so the fact they tagged him with that, 
you know, it means that they kind of like him, but they just want a depth piece. You know, they took a rookie receiver last year. They got, they took two of them last year and, and, uh, and then you got Sutton there. It's just, you know, healthy wide receiver room. He's going to struggle to find targets. I, I agree. Especially if he stays in Denver, that's crowded there with, with Hamler, Judy, Sutton, Font. Yeah. I just, I agree. I just wanted to bring him up just because he did have a little bit of production last year with that injury. So maybe a team saw some upside when, when he saw the field, but he is already 27 years old. So I, I agree. I, I think he goes back to Denver and not a whole lot of upside from there. So I, I actually tried to sell him with all I had last year and it just didn't work out, work out for me very well. So I think that ship has sailed and he's probably just going to either get cut or ride my bench for until he retires or something like that. So, but that is Darn all I got, Tyler. Yeah. If you were able to sell him, that would have been awesome. Cause yeah, he was it's kind of just the flash in the pan there, you know, but uh, no, I, I want to thank you. Right. I was always, it's always fun talking to you. And this is always one of my favorite pods. You know, when we did this last year, uh, you know, we kind of start talking about fantasy relevance of these, some of these guys and it's always a fun one and it kind of just, it makes you take a step back and it's like, Oh, who did this just affect? Um, so, you know, you're kind of just on, on edge sometimes like, Oh, I hope they don't sign somebody and hurt the value of this guy. And, uh, but we decided to stick to wide receivers today. So, you know, we will obviously talk about the other positions, but we kind of felt like there was enough, you know, with the wide receivers and, you know, we're not typically for the, the long hour and a half pods. So, we don't really like to keep it a decent. I don't even know what we're at. We're probably pushing about the hour mark here too, right? So, um, but had fun with you, man. And uh, we'll obviously get back after next week with our next position on the 2021 free agents. So as always, great talking to you. And thank you for listening, guys. And we'll see you next week at Block and Back. Thank you for listening to Block in the Back Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Dynasty Fantasy football related. If you liked what you heard today, hit that subscribe button, tell all your friends about us, and then hop on Twitter and give us a follow at Dynasty Block. Thank you, and remember, you are listening to Block in the Back.